A reading from the second book of Maccabees. It happened that seven brothers with their mother were arrested and tortured with whips and scourges by the king to force them to eat pork in violation of God's law. Most admirable and worthy of everlasting remembrance was the mother, who saw her seven sons perish in a single day, yet bore it courageously because of her hope in the Lord, filled with a noble spirit that stirred her womanly heart with manly courage. She exhorted each of them in the language of their ancestors with these words, I do not know how you came into existence in my womb. It was not I who gave you the breath of life, nor was it I who set in order the elements of which each of you is composed. Therefore, since it is the creator of the universe who shapes each man's beginning, as he brings about the origin of everything, he, in his mercy, will give you back both breath and life because you now disregard yourselves for the sake of his law. Antiochus, suspecting insult in her words, thought he was being ridiculed. As the youngest brother was still alive, the king appealed to him, not with mere words, but with promises on oath, to make him rich and happy. If he would abandon his ancestral customs, he would make him his friend and entrust him with high office. When the youth paid no attention to him at all, the king appealed to the mother, urging her to advise her boy to save his life. After he had urged her for a long time, she went through the motions of persuading her son in derision of the cruel tyrant. She leaned over close to her son and said in their native language, Son, have pity on me who carried you in my womb for nine months, nursed you for three years, brought you up, educated and supported you to your present age. I beg you, child, to look at the heavens and the earth and see all that is in them. Then you will know that God did not make them out of existing things. And in the same way, the human race came into existence. Do not be afraid of this executioner but be worthy of your brothers and accept death, so that in the time of mercy I may receive you again with them. She had scarcely finished speaking when the youth said, What are you waiting for? I will not obey the king's command. I obey the command of the law given to our fathers through Moses. But you, who have contrived every kind of affliction for the Hebrews, will not escape the hands of God. The word of the Lord. Lord, when your glory appears, my joy will be full. Hear, O Lord, a just suit. Attend to my outcry. Hearken to my prayer from lips without deceit. My steps have been steadfast in your paths. My feet have not faltered. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my word. Keep me as the apple of your eye. 
Hide me in the shadow of your wings, but I in justice shall behold your face. On waking, I shall be content in your presence. Dominus Fobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. While people were listening to Jesus speak, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And they thought the kingdom of God would appear there immediately. So he said, a nobleman went off to a distant country to obtain the kingship for himself and then to return. He called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 gold coins and told them, engage in trade with these until I return. His fellow citizens, however, despised him and sent a delegation after him to announce, we do not want this man to be our king. But when he returned after obtaining the kingship, he had the servants called to whom he had given the money to learn what they had gained by trading. The first came forward and said, Sir, your gold coin has earned 10 additional ones. He replied, Well done, good servant. You have been faithful in this very small matter. Take charge of 10 cities. Then the second came and reported, your gold coin, sir, has earned five more. And to this servant too, he said, you take charge of five cities. Then the other servant came and said, sir, here is your gold coin. I kept it stored away in a handkerchief for I was afraid of you because you are a demanding man. You take up, you take up what you did not lay down and you harvest what you did not plant. He said to him, with your own words, I shall condemn you, you wicked servant. You knew I was a demanding man, taking up what I did not lay down and harvesting where I did not plant. Why did you not put my money in a bank? 
Then on my return, I would have collected it with interest. And to those standing by, he said, take the gold coin from him and give it to the servant who has 10. But they said to him, sir, he has 10 gold coins. He replied, I tell you, to everyone who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now as for those enemies of mine who did not want me as their king, bring them here and slay them before me. After he had said this, he proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. Last week, did you see the new docudrama on EWTN, Alive in Christ, the Eucharistic Martyrs? And if you missed it, as is said today, no worries. You can find it free on demand on EWTN's website. It's a 30-minute production. And I especially like the docudramas because I think they especially help us to accurately enter into these events. And so you have scholars who are talking about some of the historical elements of what is being discussed, but then you also have uh, acted out some of those events in the, the dress of that time and so on which really helps us to enter into what happened. And so in this particular docudrama, Alive in Christ, they highlight two of our early martyrs. Today we're celebrating St. Cecilia, one of the early martyrs of the church mentioned in the Eucharistic Prayer One, the ancient Roman canon, which we'll be using today. And this highlights two other martyrs of the early church, one who was an apostolic father, St. Ignatius of Antioch. So an apostolic father, those are those who knew the apostles. And Ignatius was the bishop in Antioch, where St. Peter had been the first bishop for a time until he went to Rome. And so Antioch was a successor of St. Peter at the, for the church where we read in the Acts of the Apostles, the followers of Christ were first called Christians. But now he's going to be taken by force to Rome to be thrown to the wild beasts. And he knows that this is what's going to happen for the entertainment of the crowds. And it's on his way that he writes seven letters. That's why we know a lot about Ignatius of Antioch. And in this particular docudrama, they portray the moment when he arrives in Rome and he's thrown into the prison just outside the amphitheater where they're going to be thrown to the wild beasts. And there are other Christians that are there with him. And one of the Christians says to him, where are you from Rome? 
And he says, no, I'm from Antioch. And this Christian says, you have no idea what awaits us. And Ignatius answers, not true. I know what awaits me. The Lord has chosen us for life, not death. These beasts will grant us the crown of glory, and we will live with him forever. So he knows ultimately that this is not going to be the end. He knows Christ. And on October 17th, we have a beautiful uh, section of his letter to the Romans that he wrote as he's being taken by force uh, westward to Rome. And he writes these letters, and one of them was to the Romans. In which he has, he speaks of number, a number of Eucharistic elements in this uh, particular letter that he wrote to the Romans. So here's what he wrote. We have it in our divine office every October 17th, the Feast of Ignatius of Antioch. He says, I am God's wheat, and I shall be ground by their teeth, the teeth of the beasts, so that I may become Christ's pure bread. No earthly pleasures, no kingdoms of this world can benefit me in any way. I prefer death in Christ Jesus to power over the farthest limits of the earth. Think of those who would like to perhaps have control of the whole world. I prefer death in Christ Jesus to power over the farthest limits of the earth. He who died in place of us is the one object of my quest. He who rose for our sakes is my one desire. The time for my birth is close at hand. And he will say, give me the privilege of imitating the passion of my God, which is why I'm wearing this vestment today. Give me the privilege, he wrote, of imitating the passion of my God. And on this beautiful vestment, you see roses growing up, reaching up into heaven, symbolic of the resurrection, the life to come. And Ignatius concludes in this letter, very Eucharistic section. He says, within me is the living water, which says deep inside me, come to the Father. I no longer take pleasure in perishable food or in the delights of this world. I want only God's bread, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, formed of the seed of David, and for his drink I crave his blood, which is love that cannot perish. St. Ignatius of Antioch. And part of this is related in the dialogue in this beautiful docudrama. Again, I recommend find this on demand, Alive in Christ, the Eucharistic Martyrs. And the second one that's covered in this docudrama is St. Justin. And he was martyred around 165 AD. And as one of the scholars says, he clearly sees in his writings 
He gives us the most detailed description of what the early Christians did when they got together. And it's the Eucharist. The same elements we have today with scriptural readings, with bread and wine that are brought up, and prayer of thanksgiving, and the people saying amen. And he says, we don't receive these things as ordinary food and drink, but as a flesh and blood of the incarnate Jesus Christ. So we have been taught. And so they portray in this their trial before the prefect Rusticus. We have this reading on the feast of St. Justin, uh, June 1st. And so these were from the court trial records uh, of their interrogation. And Justin says, Christianus sum, I am a Christian which saying that alone could lead to your execution as it did in Justin's case. But beautifully, he says, Rusticus says to them, the Roman prefect, where do you assemble? And Justin answers, we assemble here. God is not chained. He is glorified wherever we gather in his name, even here as he and the other Christians were there on trial before the prefect Rusticus. And he says, do you suppose you will go to heaven if I have you beheaded? And Justin answers, I do not suppose it. I know it. And as he and the others are being led to their execution, these words are, are spoken, let it be known to all, I die as I live, a humble servant of truth. So today we remember those early Roman martyrs, in particular Saint Cecilia. And one of the things that's remembered about Saint Cecilia, this early martyr, is that she sang to God in her heart. That's why she's a patron the patroness of musicians. And you'll often find a stained glass window of St. Cecilia up in the choir loft, as in the church I grew up in, because she is a patroness of music. She sang to God in her heart. And I would like to close with this thought today and this question. The Psalms and the scriptures often say, sing a new song to the Lord something fresh, something new. And each of us has our own song to sing, our own particular way that we can express our love for God. It doesn't have to be in music. As in today's reading that we had from St. Augustine, he says, not with our lips, but with our lives. And he says, words cannot express the things that are sung by the heart. Mother Angelica said that the present moment is like a clean sheet of paper in which I can write a new love song to the Lord. Think about today. You've got this fresh new day. You've got this clean sheet of paper. Are you going to write a new love song to the Lord? He who died for love of you, that Ignatius could say, Allow me to imitate the passion of my, my Lord. 
That was his love song to the Lord. It's expressed over and over again in his, his seven letters. What is going to be your song today? You've got this day before you. You have this clean sheet of paper in which is a present moment. And every present moment, every moment of this day, we can express anew, not with our lips necessarily, but we can, but with our lives, with our hearts, expressing our love for the Lord and the way that we live and the way that we die.